Hi, this is Dr. Yale Jaffe, and today we'll be mapping SNPs on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important because it gets us out of our reductionist thinking. It not only invites us to stop and assess, but it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, recommendations, and outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Yael Jaffe. In the rapidly evolving discipline of nutrigenomics, Yael is globally acknowledged as a leading expert in the field. She is a highly sought-after speaker, has co-authored two books, It's Not Just Your Genes and Genes to Plate, and has been published in multiple peer-reviewed scientific journals. Yael is at the forefront of nutrigenomic education and has helped develop and supervise nutrigenomics courses around the world, including her own Manuka and 3x4ED courses, which have trained hundreds of healthcare practitioners globally. She is currently an adjunct professor teaching nutrigenomics at Rutgers University and MUIH. She is co-founder and chief science officer at 3x4Genetics. Yael, I've been so excited about our conversations lately, and I am so pleased to welcome you to the 15-Minute Matrix. Thanks, Andrea. I'm just as happy to be here. So let me just say that this is a conversation I know that you and I could probably talk about for days. So I want to get to the meat of the matter as quickly as possible. And I'm wondering if we could start by briefly identifying what a SNP is. Okay, let's start with that. So in its most basic form, a SNP is a single nucleotide polymorphism. And what that means is that in our gene sequence, which is essentially a language written with four letters, ACGT, we get some changes. So 99.9%, we're all identical in our gene sequence in how the letters are written. But at 0.1%, we differ from each other. And this is where the code, the A, Gs, and Ts, and Cs may be different. Mm. This is why we call it a single one nucleotide, which is one of these letters. Polymorphism just means change. And it's these changes in these SNPs that will change physiological or biochemical um, processes. What a good and succinct definition for us. I know that everybody can run away with lots of fear and misunderstanding about this topic. So these genetic variations underlie differences that can manifest in our susceptibility to or our protection from physiological dysfunctions, like you said. They can also indicate how severe a response is to an illness or even how we respond to medical interventions or environmental insults. Is that right? That is right, but I want to put a qualifier on it. So I just want to take one step back, Andrea. It's 
The thing about SNPs is I just want to stay upfront. We get two different kinds. We get what we call the monogenic. These are gene variants. We use the word gene variant and SNPs interchangeably that by themselves has a huge impact on, on the outcome of disease. So familial hypercholesterolemia, BRCA-based uh, breast cancer. And if you have these SNPs, your chances of getting the disease condition are about like 60, 70, 80%. That is not the space of nutrigenomics, mm -hmm. and that is not really the space of functional nutrition yep. or functional medicine. The SNPs we're excited about are what we call low penetrance. So by themselves, they don't cause a disease. But what makes them so interesting is that they can change the biochemistry of our body. And so when we talk about things like detoxification, inflammation, oxidative stress, if we have these gene variants, they change the gene. The gene changes the protein. The protein changes the enzyme, and therefore we get a change in function. And that is why when we talk about functional nutrition or functional medicine and SNPs, it's so interesting. Mm, I love this. It's like what I call fine-tuning the dial, right? So can you say those two different terms again? The monogenic is when we're talking about a medical risk. Somebody has a variant that's going to lead to a medical risk. Is there a name for what we're thinking about through a nutrigenomic lens? So I'm going to actually give you another term to, that makes it better. So we talk about that concept of penetrance. Penetrance means how much does the genetics make a difference? Mm. So when we talk about high penetrance, a high penetrance SNP means that SNP makes a huge difference to the genotype, to biochemistry, to physiology, to disease susceptibility. When we talk about low penetrance, it means that that SNP isn't that powerful by itself, it is not going to manifest in a disease. But what it does do is interact with our physiology and our biochemistry in such a way that we want to understand it. So it's really important to understand this difference because in the world of nutrigenomics and in the world probably of most of what we're doing in nutrition, we are not going to work in the space of high penetrance, but we're absolutely going to be immersed in this low penetrance. And if I can say just one more thing, Andre, in Please. case I forget is that when you have low penetrance SNPs, what you want to do is you want to group them together. Because as I said, by themselves, they're not though that powerful. But when you look at a biochemical pathway, think of detoxification, think of phase one and phase two detoxification. There's a whole lot of genes that live in the detox space. If you have SNPs in those genes, together they're going to impact detox. And that's why one of the most important things to do in the nutrigenomic space is to not overstretch the science, but to place these genes into context and to look at how they're working together in these different biochemical processes. That's such an important point, Yael. When I talk about reading labs or how we, from a functional nutrition perspective, can look at labs, it's always getting us out of the pathological and into the functional. It's also helping us to understand constellations versus single determinants, which is what you're talking about, how all these things work together. And being in a truly functional nutrition practice means that we're taking in that whole versus looking for the X for Y. And that's what I hear you saying and I what I love about what you do. Before we go into common SNPs that might be at this low penetrance that you've seen over the years, can we just solidify for folks that epigenetic factors are important? I think that 
people still tend to think, and maybe even listening now, that if we just know this information, then we've got another X for Y. We've got the be all end all. And they want to overstep the hard work that we have to do with all aspects of diet and lifestyle modification to get this information. So can you talk into that a little bit? So when I studied um, dietetics at university, I was given this idea that every decision I made by what I ate and my exercise would determine my health. Then you look at the people who study pure genetics and they said, no, that's, that's not interesting to us. Only our genes will determine what, how we manifest. Well, right. of course, that's all simply not true. What is so exciting about nutrigenomics is understanding this relationship. Mm. And in fact, it's even more exciting than that. I talk about it as insight and action. So insight is when we look at our genes and we look at our SNPs to understand what's functioning optimally and what's maybe needing some attention. Right. So that is, that is kind of our blueprint. We look at it, we understand. But what is truly exciting about what you speak about is epigenetics. And I'm always cautious about using the word epigenetics because there's like a thousand meanings for right. it. It's but, true. but what we're interested in is what are the decisions that I'm making in my daily choices that are going to impact how my genes express themselves? And that's when epigenetics comes up. Epigenetics are choices we make in our daily lives that switch on and switch off genes, which will determine how we function. So insight is SNPs. They give us our baseline. They make, make me as a practitioner understand who my patient is. We talk about the concept of self-knowledge. How can I increase the self-knowledge of this individual? Then as a practitioner, I'm going to make more insightful decisions on how to manage that patient. And those are the epigenetic choices. Because remember, when you eat broccoli or cauliflower in a raw form, but cabbage, you are actually switching on genes. It's pretty extraordinary. And this is where the power of nutrition really sits, is the ability to choose daily food choices and exercise and stress and meditation that'll switch on and switch off choices, uh, genes that will compensate or improve that baseline that we inherited. Mm, I love that. So what are some of these common low penetrance SNPs? Okay, so why don't we stay in detox because everyone loves detox. It's in our matrix. Um, Everyone's very familiar with detox. So one, one thing I want to say is the way I work, and I actually had a real epiphany a couple of years ago, I used to build genetic tests that I'd have a single SNP and I would give a recommendation for it. I do not do that anymore. So I do something called pathway-based analysis where I look at a pathway, like we've just said, detox. It could be hormones. It could be immune, inflammatory. It could be oxidative stress, but let's talk about detox. And I look at all the SNPs. Now let's think. Phase one detoxification is where we activate the toxin. Whether it's endogenous or exogenous, we're going to activate the toxins. And whenever we look at phase one, it's always going to be our cytochrome P450 genes, which is our CYP genes. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've all heard about them. CYP1A1, CYP1B1, CYP1A2, which activates caffeine. And all our drugs are activated by the CYP genes as well. So that's phase one detox. How efficiently am I activating my toxins? And in fact... You don't want to overactivate your toxins because then you have all these toxic molecules flying around in the kind of intermediate space. But let's think about phase two detox. So one of the biggest families of genes in phase two is what we call our glutathione genes. Glutathione is transferases. We call them the GSTs. And there's a whole family of them. And what they do is they take these activated toxins, 
they attach a glutathione molecule. This glutathione molecule makes the toxin water soluble and we can excrete it from the body. Mm-hmm. When we have genetic variants like SNPs, we even have something called a deletion where the gene variant causes the gene and the enzyme to be deleted. We have a decreased ability to clear these activated toxins from phase two detox. And we need to think of what are the, the choices we can make for our patients that are going to compromise or that are going to compensate. COMT is another very common low penetrant mm-hmm. SNP, which actually is an amazing SNP. I call it the, the Swiss Army knife <laughs> because COMT works in hormones, in estrogen, it works in mood, it works in uh, phase two detoxification, it works in, it's actually a methylation SNP. So COMT is very much in phase two detoxification. It's responsible when we're looking at um, detoxification of our estrogen metabolites to be able to re- remove some of those active metabolites of estrogen. Um, we're talking about um, other SNPs like Incure one one of my absolute all-time favorites, quinone reductase, which is a recycler. So it takes metabolites that haven't been detoxified and pulls it back to the beginning of phase two detox and gives it another chance to start again. So if you have the genetic variant, it's a CT variant, it means you've got a very low activity of quinone reductase. That's not great for trying to get rid of those toxins, right. but but there's things we can do. Using um, activation of NRF2, the transcription factor, which we absolutely love, and we can use certain nutrients to activate NRF2, we can increase the impact of NQR1 and we can compensate for it. So everything around low penetrant SNPs is insight. Know what we're working with. Have we got an issue in detox that's not working optimally? And then what are the nutrients and nutrition input we can have that's going to compensate and optimize that detox process to be able to clear all those activated toxins? Yeah, I really love this idea of low penetrance, of the insight, of the compensation, of how we then fine tune what the body can do that helps to prevent those downstream issues that can occur when these things aren't functional. When we head over to the right side of the matrix, if you are looking through a more generalized, again, uh, epigenetic lens, what are the things that we could as practitioners working with functional nutrition be speaking about with our clients and patients that helps us all when it comes to some of these detailed specifics. And what I'm thinking about, Yael, is we see people on, let's say, the quote unquote wrong diets, right? Like more standard American diet, more high inflammatory diets. That's certainly not helping with these low penetrance SNPs, but we also see people who are limiting their diets for too long a period of time because they either are having a reaction in some physiological function like digestion or inflammation, or they believe it's right for them because of theory that they learned. So how do we bring this back into what we all need to function more generally while we're looking for that specific information? I'm so glad you said that because there's two things that happening that, that really concern me at the moment is that what we must remember is for every single gene to function and express itself, it needs a cofactor. And cofactors usually are minerals or some bioactive that's inherited in our diet. We must be extremely, extremely careful when we start restricting, especially food groups in mm-hmm. our diet, because these cofactors 
are so important. Without them, it's a lock and key story. Without them. So it's not like the vitamin and minerals we learned about in basic nutrition. These things like manganese and zinc and um, selenium, we've got to be so careful there's enough in our diet because they're the luck for unlocking our genes to be able to express themselves to do the job they do. The other thing we need to think about is when we think about exercise, exercise is a pro-oxidant and a weak pro-oxidant when it's done well. And that means that it actually acts to activate genes, to switch on genes, to be able to protect our body. But when we start over-exercising, too much exercise, it doesn't become a weak pro-oxidant. It becomes a very powerful pro-oxidant, which actually does an incredible amount of damage. So that no antioxidant gene enzymes are going to be able to compensate for. So I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm so glad you raised that. We've got to go back. I, I, I'm seeing some very extreme nutrition coming through and some very extreme lifestyles coming through. But actually, we need to remember that there's a real baseline of getting our genes. And gut, of course, is so important. That's another whole podcast by yes. itself. But, <laughs> but it's so important to understand that we're covering our bases of a broad nutrition diet to ensure that every gene, all 20,000 of them, have the cofactors they need to be able to express themselves and be able to be switched on. So brilliantly said. I love this conversation. Like I said, we can continue on and on, and I'm going to have to have you back on the 15-Minute Matrix. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, Yael. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks so much for having me. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, head over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, feel free to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. 